welcome back to Your Brain on Positive. All the love and support you need is residing inside of you. And we're going to make it easier to turn it on. There's a moment of recognition. And when you get a chance to recognize that you're in the presence of somebody who gets you, who's like you, like you a little bit, it's such a wonderful feeling, especially when it's someone that you just met. At least that's my experience. So I'm Jackie Simmons. You're here on Your Brain on Positive, and we're going to spend some time with Dina Adams. And Dina's one of these people. She likes things that are real. She likes things that are raw. And she likes to keep things respectful. And she's ready to go where you all love for me to go, which is wherever the conversation leads us. So take a positivity pill, take a positivity pause, decide that you are going to like this lady as much as I do and help me welcome by staying tuned, staying in, tuning in. Anyway, have fun. Hey, Dina, thank you for being on the show. Jackie, I'm so excited to be here. I'm just, I have been counting down the days. I'm so excited. And I appreciate you having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when we first started talking, because we met in a networking group online, the way most people are meeting, meeting in quotes nowadays, yes. so we met in a networking group online. And then it was like, yeah, I want to talk to you some more. And then it was, we're out of time. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to this whole concept, of getting your brain on positive. Before we're done today, you're going to share with everybody your three favorite ways of, of flipping things around to put yourself on positive. But let's make it real and relevant. Why did you need to learn ways to put your brain on positive? Oh, um, I was diagnosed with massive clinical depression when I was eight years old. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. That that was a single digit there. Yes, it was a single digit. Oh my God. Eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I didn't understand positivity. I spent most of my childhood being bullied and dealing with abuse and dealing with the negative self-talk. And everyone else expressing their hurt onto me, projecting their worst parts onto me as if I was who they didn't want to be, putting their lies on who I was. And so by the time I was 14 and a freshman in high school, I was so depressed and I was so broken and so lost and confused and and just so disconnected from reality and the world um i didn't know how people could enjoy life oh, I, I didn't understand how can you be so happy and enjoying things when there's so much darkness happening in the world and not just in the world but in your own world right and, you know, I think 
there is always people in our lives who think, you know, they're doing the best they can with where they are and in their own reality. And we don't always express very well what we need and how we need help because we're so lost and angry and broken and all the things that we're going through that it can seem to somebody else that they're doing everything they can to help us. And to us, it can seem like they're doing absolutely nothing. Perspective Mm. in everything. Yes. Perspective is everything. The world looks very different to an eight-year-old looking up at these tall people. Um, And yet sometimes that perspective doesn't really get a chance to change. Right. And sometimes when it comes to perspective, someone doesn't have to say something. It's how things happen Mm. and phrases that you hear and you in your own mind put them together to mean something. Oh, it is the meanings we assign. Right. It's, It's that belief we take on of what somebody else said or did that is has completely really all honestly a lot of times nothing to do with you <laughs> and yet we're dealing with the belief systems and so this is my favorite topic the topic is bs guys we're gonna have at it again all let's right go. so let's go for your belief systems mm-hmm. what i believe to be true is that we make decisions about who we are how the world works and who we can be in the world before we're seven years old. I completely believe that. So if you were diagnosed with massive clinical depression at the age of eight, (laughs) a brain that was one, not fully formed because you didn't have a prefrontal cortex yet. It wasn't built much less developed. That takes till the age of 24, if we're lucky. And so here's a brain that's missing a component and dealing with all the chemicals of depression, because that's a biochemical observable phenomenon in the brain. And this was where you made your decisions about who you were, how life worked, and who you could be in the world. What turned it around for you? What was the first ray of sunshine that broke into this belief system that started to bust your BS? So first, it wasn't until I was a mom and married. I'm going to put that out there. This wasn't a thing that just happened at some young age for me. I battled um, depression. I still deal with depression and anxiety to this day. But I battled suicidal tendencies and, and behaviors and all of that all the way into my 30s. Mm-hmm. Um. The the moment that I needed to change things happened um, right after I got married. So my husband and I got married. I was, ooh, I should not do math in my head. I should really remember these numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was 24, 25 when we got married, something like Mm that. I don't remember. Okay. Um, But I was sitting on the floor in the living room next to our daughter, who was three months old. And it was right after we got married. We got married when she was three months. Um, We I had my two boys that were four and five and his daughter was five at the time. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I'm getting this, this cataclysmic thing. All right. Cause right. I, 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 I live and breathe and was raised in blended families before blended families was right. something people understood. So right. we've got yours. My two, uh, yep. you got two, two, two girls, right? Four and five. Two boys. Two boys. You two got boys. two boys. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll get this right. Two boys, four and five. He has a daughter who's five. Right. And then together you have a daughter at that point. Daughter. Yes. Okay. All right. At that point. So we've got a family of four blended. Right. And we she didn't yours, live with us mine, time. And she didn't, she was with us occasionally, but his five-year-old daughter yeah. was with you occasionally, which does not make it easier. Mm-mm. Okay. So you had yours, mine, and ours. Mm-hmm. We shared custody of one of them. Right. Or yeah. So okay, got this. Right. right. So now now I've got this. Well, visitate. I mean, yeah. for all intents and purposes. We saw her occasionally, yeah. Yeah. All right. So so light custody. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So you were sitting on the floor. Right. New stay-at-home mom on top of that, because I had just stopped working my job because the company moved out east to another town and I didn't go with them. Obviously, I stayed. Um, and I just I sat there and I was realizing I have this amazing family, a husband who loves me and would do anything for me. He my boys just adore him. We have this brand new little girl. We, I have this family who who loves me. And I'm miserable. I, I'm sitting there going, God, I don't understand. How can I be miserable? I don't even understand why he wants to marry. Like, why would someone want to be with me forever? First of all, when and, at that moment, did you want to be with you forever? No, no. All right. So as a survivor of two bouts of clinical depression, that's why I asked the question. No, that was my reality, too, since I don't like who I am and I don't want to be with me and it's not any fun to be me. I don't get why you're here. How hard did you push him away? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still a recovering control freak. (laughs) I just say I, I feel like a lot of my behavior. I, I said these, these words to my husband and it probably just destroyed him. My kids will always come before you. They are children. They are not self-sufficient. I cannot put somebody else above them. They're my responsibility. I already know I'm not good enough for them. I already know I'm not everything they need. And so I have to put them before somebody else who is self-sufficient and can take care of themselves. Right. And that's what it meant in my mind. But I know that is nowhere near what it came across to my husband as. Well, you know, depending on what he has said to you since then, I'm just going to say I got another way of looking at that. (laughs) Uh, The the first one is that obviously it didn't destroy him because he married you. Yeah. Yeah. So so, yeah, that's BS on an in another totally different level. But the reality is that. He was dealing with his own shared custody, light custody, 
And what you said to him is, if we have a child, I will fight for that child. You know, very different interpretation of what he might have heard. It was more for him. It was more. He would always be second and he mm. would never be as important to me as our children. That's what it was to him. I mean, now looking mm. back and the things that we've talked yeah. about. Right. So, yeah, it was. You can even have those conversations. It's such a miracle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, there was a point we put we took the D word off the table because it came up in all of our fights. It was a threat. Right. Mm-hmm. Or why are we, why, why, you know, we might as well just get divorced. We might as well just this. And there was a moment we, we finally took it off the table and we stopped using the word. Okay. So let's get clear. When they talking about the D word, you're not talking about um, divas or. We're talking about divorce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But. But back to back to your question. So I was sitting on the floor and I'm, I'm asking myself, God, like, why? why? How, how can I be so miserable when I have family around me that loves me? I have children that light up when I walk in the room and they want to play with me and they want me in there. They want to do things with me. And my husband who wants to sit and talk with me and have time with me and pushes me to be better, which pisses me off because I'm still so broken. I don't understand why he's like you don't need to be this person, right? You, you're, you realize like what you're doing to yourself. And it was this, okay, God, what do I do? And I just heard it's time to change. Hmm. It's, it's time to change. And that's when I started my personal development journey. That's when I started my self-discovery journey. I did a lot of personal development and realized that the piece I needed was not what I was getting in therapy, because yes, I was in therapy. I was not getting what I needed from the personal development programs and courses and all that kind of stuff. What I really wanted, and I asked for this in therapy, and whatever reason, I maybe just didn't have good therapists at the time. I was like, I don't want to just talk about what has happened. I need I need to know how to deal with this because I go home and now I have all these feelings and I don't know how to I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to do this. And I never had a therapist teach me about processing emotions. I didn't learn about that until probably a couple of years ago. (laughs) Right. Like there were so many things I didn't learn, but I wanted someone to sit with me and get into the, the crap that I was ready to fix. Ah. But I couldn't find anybody that would do it. Got it. And so I started asking those questions of myself. I started self-discovery before I knew it was a thing. Because I just knew that was what I needed to get myself. I had to pull myself out of the negative self-talk that told me all the lies I believed based on my perspective of what was going on in my world growing up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that takes all about what time. we decided. It takes a ton of work. It takes a lot of effort when you're doing it all alone by yourself and you have no one to guide you and support you through that journey. You're absolutely right there. It didn't have to be that hard. I just couldn't find the people that could help me. Yeah. It it takes a ton of work when you're doing it by yourself. Mm -hmm. It just does. I mean, it's not that it doesn't take a lot of work when you're working with someone too, but it's just a different kind of work. It's half the work at least. And sometimes it's way less than that. Why? Because we know a burden shared is a cut in half. 
You know, Mm -hmm. a joy shared is doubled. A Mm. burden shared is cut in half. Yeah, it's interesting. Just the way humans interact with each other. And I wish I could take credit for having said that, but it was actually you like some Buddhist monk. Um, Yeah, (laughs) that that and uh, what I found is that it's very true. They say many hands make light work. Mm. And it's true in personal development and self-discovery as well. When people are able, when they've done their own work, they've walked their own path, they don't have to be far ahead of you, but even if they're one or two steps ahead of me, they are far enough ahead of me to have put some signposts on the path. Right. Yeah. Right. Sometimes that's all we need. So So that was my moment. Ah, there you go. How old is your daughter now? 21. Holy crap. You don't look old enough to have 21. Ours, our kids are 20 to 28 right now. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Which explains why you're out in the world, right? Because you know, now that now you survived being a parent. Um, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting to me because I raised three of my own. You know, it, it's like. Oh, yeah, I survived all of that. Isn't that interesting? You know, mm-hmm. emotional resilience is the ability to maintain a relationship with a toddler and a teen and a 20-something. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, if you've got any relationship with all, congratulations. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's there are rough patches. There are... Um... There are moments, and I even did this with my mom, where I didn't really have much to do with her for a while, mm-hmm. right? Because let's be honest, as parents, we aren't always the greatest either. <laughs> we don't make good choices, and we deal with things way wrong. And because it's the best we could do in the moment based on our feelings and how we do things. And so our kids will sometimes be like, I can't, I can't deal with you right now because you're being toxic for me. Right. (laughs) And so I think it's a place in parenthood where a lot of people think that if everything isn't going great and their kid has an issue with them at some point, that it's the end of their potential for a relationship. And I will say it is not, there's always room for reconciliation and respect on both sides and learning to see your child is now an adult and learning how to be a parent to an adult is very different (laughs) and learning to give them that respect and own your stuff when they say, Hey, this happened and it really hurt me. And you have to sit there and go, I didn't even know it would have impacted you that way. Or, um, thank you for sharing that with me because I can imagine that would have been, I mean, that could, I can't, I can imagine that's gotta be really hard to tell your parent that yeah. this was your worst moment and you it basically deterred my entire trajectory of my life. And for a parent to be like, oh, okay, that's something I need to own, right? Like that wasn't my intention and it still happened. And I understand why it came across in that way, in your perspective. And Wow, that was definitely not one of my best moments, right? Like, and we own that with them. And that is what gives us that opportunity to still potentially have the opportunity to grow our relationship with them as they get older. I'm actually going to take it one step easier for parents. I'm about to give everybody a bit of a pass. Here we go. You ready? 
we learned how to handle this when we were listening to nursery rhymes growing up. Little Bo Peep, leave them alone and they'll come home. When they come home wagging their tails, those tails may be spelled T-A-L-E-S and they may then tell you something you don't want to hear. The reality is that if we can stop trying to change how they are or what they feel, we've got a much better shot at having a relationship that heals and becomes resilient. Yeah. I did not do that well with our children at all. And and that's okay because I didn't know any better right at the time. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so we we don't get wise because we get it right. We get Mm -hmm. wise because we had to learn something. We learned something along the way. Yeah. 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 So cool. So what is it that you love to do with all of this? Because you have been on a journey. You've learned a few things. You know, your kids are more or less on speaking terms with you. We don't need to know whether it's more or less at the moment, but you know, been there, done that. Yeah. Right? What lights you up now? What keeps you? Because the kids are grown. So it's your grown. reason for change is no longer living in your home or not as engaged with you on an everyday basis. Because even if they lived with me, they did not engage with me at certain ages. So mm. mine are all now in their 40s. Or almost. Um, <laughs> we're getting close to the youngest one. Mm-mm. Not a good thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so let, let's let's come away from that topic, Jackie. Back away. Um, <laughs> you know, what lights you up now? Um, one of the things that really lights me up when it comes to my family is just getting to spend time with my, being in proximity with my kids, with my mm-hmm. husband, being able to learn from them, learn the things that they're learning in life. When they get to come to me and they're willing to share with me, this was a challenge for me and I learned this and I'm able to do this, or we can have a conversation and they'll be like, um, yeah, that's a boundary I'm not going to cross. Or yeah, that's not something I feel we need to discuss or like they're willing to set those boundaries for themselves. And, you know, we can just have a conversation as adults and just spend time together, hanging out, whatever that means is just, that lights me up. That lights me up. Maybe I talked to one of my, like one of my kids, he's been in the military. Um, He actually just got out, but we didn't talk very often and we had a rough relationship. So Getting a response when I send a message was the highlight of my day, right? Like, yeah, we haven't talked in six months. And he responded to my message. Just, I know he's alive. I know he's okay. I don't, I don't need to know all the intricacies of their life anymore. Like I felt like I needed to before. Um, They taught me that, right? So being able to implement things that they taught me in our relationship, that excites me. And the same with my husband. Because it helps me see that and then helps them see that I can grow. And and that just because you your kids are grown and you've been married for over 20 years and you're now in your late 40s and, you know, all this stuff, that doesn't mean that you can't grow as a person. And so I love that. That in my personal life lights me up. Awesome. 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 Because yeah. you got that right. 
Um, my ancestor, Abraham Lincoln, says it doesn't matter how tall your grandpappy was. A man has to do his own growing. I realize same is true for a woman. Yeah. Yes. We get to do our own growing. And the greatest gift is for people around us to share their growth with us. Yeah. So cool. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your growth edge, your story with us. And I am really looking forward to our next conversation because I know you got a book in the works and you, you know, you got your workbook that's already out there. But with all of the shifts and changes in the world, mm-hmm. the more I think that we can encourage each other to go on the journey of discovering mm-hmm. who am I? And it's not the judgment from the childhood of who am I to think that I could lead you know, this program? You know, it's more of who am I not to? You know, who am I? How here? And where do I want to go? So I appreciate you sharing that journey with us. Dana, where do you want to go? What's next? What is next? Um, we're in a new season in our marriage. My husband is newly um, involuntarily retired due to an injury. And we're in a new season. And in in that space where I'm growing is in my business, being able to shift my business so that I can serve more people in a more authentic way with um, the types of people that I really want to serve and really, really refining that and giving myself room for that shift. Mm. And that gives me space to be with my husband more um, since he's home full time now. And that gives me space to be there for my family in the way they need me. And it gives me the flexibility and it gives me the time I need in my faith and to grow new friendships and to really live the life I really wished I could have lived for a very long time. I lived without friends and without all these, without family and with all this, without all these things that I thought I had to have to learn that I didn't have to have them. It was a privilege to be in proximity with other people who help elevate each other. And that's really where I want to be with peers and friends and family that want to grow and want to do more in life than just be stagnant. That's really what I'm, I'm excited for. That's really an amazing story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because when life hands people a sudden change, Mm. you know, and it doesn't just affect the person, it affects the entire family, you know, Oh, wait a minute. Whoa. Availability of this person. I'm not used to them being around. I, you know, so it impacts everyone. I love your willingness to share the journey, this idea of things being in flux and that that's what lights you up is navigating the flux. Thank you for saying that. I am. I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist. I was very, very rigid and had no room for flexibility in my life. It caused so much frustration and disruption. And so that's one of the things that I've learned along this path is since change is inevitable, I need to learn to go with the flow sometimes and know that it's not, it doesn't have to just destroy everything. That is actually a great thing to learn. Seems like you figured that one out. And thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing that into our world and sharing your path to positivity. 
So thank you. Thank you, Dina. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure to share. Thank you for turning on and turning up your positivity. We know that positivity is easier to maintain in a community, so we have one. Join our community on Facebook, Your Brain on Positive. If you've had an aha from the show, please head over to the community and share it. We love to celebrate wins. 